On this week's episode, we talk to Jonathan Brown about the church. This is The Operative. I'm your host, Chris Williams. so much for doing this. I really appreciate you uh, taking some time. No problem. My pleasure. Uh, to start off, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, the, the various bands that you have been a part of. Sure. Um, my name is Jonathan Brown. Uh, born in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Raised in Gwynn, Michigan, in the Upper Peninsula. Uh, just a little bit south of Marquette. I uh, currently live in Madison, Wisconsin, where I've lived for the last 20 years. Um, uh, the bands that I've been in, my God, no, it works for me. Let's start from the, let's start from, from right now. Uh, currently in a uh, touring member of Kona Neutron and Secret Friends, just like you are. Yeah. Um, um, it seems to be a growing list of people. Um, I was in Tyranny's Tyranny, poster back there. Um, and also I'm currently in a band called Threadmaker, which is Dan from Tyranny's Tyranny, um, as well as uh, Jason Bank from Twelves, if you remember them. Yeah. Um, Mike Noto from Coordinated Suicides, another band that I guess we never really broke up, but I'm currently in Coordinated Suicides as well. Um, and uh, a gentleman named Derek Bush, uh, a gentleman named Scott Gordon, who also edits our, uh, our kind of underground uh, news publication here in Madison, Tone Madison, um, and whoever else wants to join, because it is a avant-garde improv post-rock band. Um, so our goal is to someday if we can have 15 people on stage at one time, that's great. If it's three, that's great too. It's, it's, it's a collective that's, that's uh, as inclusive as inclusive can be. Um, let's see, what else? Um, I've been in a couple blues bands. I was in a blues cover band for 10 years called Big Blue. Um, I played in a surf rock, surf metal weird old 60s monster movie movie music band called knuckle dragger that's very that's pretty well known here in madison uh they've been around since the late 90s i was their drummer for a while um uh and let's see what other bands even around here that i've i've played in for a little while um too many to count those are the main ones. <laughs> so, like all of us, can't even remember. I'll, I'll I'll wake up at like three o'clock this morning. And go, oh yeah, I was in a yeah that that band. So you wanted to talk about the church, and yeah. uh, I, I haven't listened to a lot of the bands that people uh, want to talk about, including the church, which I realized when I looked them up, I have spent uh, I don't know how long now confusing the church with the cult 
Yeah. They are not the same band. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but they have names that start with C. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I've always thought of the church as much as I love the band. I understand that it's one of those bands that people know because of maybe the, the song Under the Milky Way. By far their most famous song that they've had. So in a lot of ways, you could kind of call them a one-hit wonder, in a sense. I think that I think Under the Milky Way got up to number seventeen on the Billboard charts. Um, was on the charts for about six weeks. So it they had a you know and they they had some they had some really huge success in the U.S. at the time. Uh, in Australia, they're they're in their they're in their uh, Aria Hall of Fame, their awards like their Grammy, but they're in their Music Hall of Fame. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're the Little River Band, but uh, they're a pretty big band in Australia in their own right. Um, and, and and no comment about the Little River Band. Um, they, uh, they're. I always kind of equate them to, like people, like like when you watch a movie or watch a TV show and you see that guy, you know, like Michael Ironside. He's a that guy to me. Like, when you see him in movies, like, oh, I know that guy, and you can't think of their name right off the, right off the top. I, I feel that, that way about the church, because I feel like they're one of those bands that they've been around so long. I mean, their first album was in 1980. Um, they're still, they got a record that will be coming out probably when this COVID stuff blows over, I would imagine they'll they'll release their twenty. I think officially their twenty sixth album, but unofficially it'll be their thirtieth, I believe. Um, because they've had they did one record without Marty Wilson Piper, um, and called themselves the Reformation, but it it, it was the church. Um, they. They did a couple of records of just a lot of their songs just done acoustically and very slowly that they don't necessarily count in canon. Um, and they also did a record of just stuff that they jammed because the way they come up with songs, ever since uh, their, their latest drummer, Tim Poles, uh, joined the band is they just jam and they jam until they come up with stuff. Hmm. And then Steve Kilby writes lyrics, you know, based on that. I mean, they'll jam for hours and just kind of go through it and, and piece it together. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so the, the, yeah, definitely the church is one of those bands that I never expect anyone to, to know except for that one song. Um, but I always, I always tell people, I was like, give it a shot. Take one record from the 80s, one record from the 90s, one record from the 2000s, and one from the, from the 2010s. And because they are definitely not the same band, they were from beginning to finish. You know, I mean, if, if I were to dive deeper into them, I would say they probably had three or four distinct phases it has to do with personnel to some extent because um, Steve Kilby is the only original member left. 
in the band. And that was very recently. Uh, Peter Coppice left the band and he has a band now with a uh, 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 band, their name escapes me. Uh, but he just decided, you know, after 39 years, that was, I'm good. And not only that, he was in a band called Baby Grand with Steve Kilby in the late 70s. So he had been playing with Steve Kilby for 42 years, Jeez. 43 years. And the guy that he's in a band with now, Dare Mason, was also in Baby Grand back in the 70s. Um, I mean, imagine that. Imagine being in the same band for 40 years. <laughs> I mean, I can't even be in the same band for five or six. I mean, the fact that Tyranny lasted six is incredible to me when I go back and think about it because I feel like that band could have fallen apart, you know, within two years or three years or four years, much less 40. But, but uh, um, so, uh, so they've had some distinct phases, but, they're, but they're, their sound is varied so much. But at the same time, they sound so distinctive. You know, you can you can tell from the whether it's the '80s or from their last record. It it might take a bit of sue, but obviously, as soon as you hear Steve Kilby's voice, you know it's him. He has a very unique voice. Definitely, I wouldn't say it's a singing voice per se, but he's got a good voice. I mean, it it, it you know it, it, I feel like it matches the the music and has definitely matched over the years. Um, but they just have a sound about them and it, and it's with, and it's in, it starts with guitars. They're an absolute guitar band. Always have been. Um, it, it's, uh, and now even though more they, uh, with Tim, uh, their, their drummer now, he, uh, has his own studio called space junk. And, uh, he's known for producing a lot of bands in Australia. Uh, but, uh, he, he, him joining the band kind of like transitioned them into that. So they do a lot more, a lot more in the studio, uh, a lot more tricks, a lot more, um, kind of, uh, uh, supplementing the band sound. Um, you know, but, uh, but still, it's like when, you know, I'm, I mean, even though I'm a super fan, I mean, they're, they're, the church is the church. They, they, they just are. I mean, they, they, they've, they've never, although they've had some, they, they've changed their sound slightly. It's never, it hasn't been like, I'm trying to think of an example of a band that just completely like changed their sound, like from one record to the next. They've never been that. They've always kind of reigned true because the guitars have always been, you know, the, the dual guitar attack of, uh, of Peter Coppice and Marty Wilson Piper um, are, have always been the backbone of that band for so long that even though they have two new guitarists now, they still haven't lost sight of that. Oh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so. So it was probably a really long winded answer. <laughs> no, no. So, <laughs> so when did you first uh, come across the church? Uh, I saw a video where it was, maybe it was, a, was it a video? Well, yeah, 
Yeah, I saw a video on the show uh, Night Flight. You, you, you know, you heard, heard of the show before? Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, so uh, we got MTV in 1983. So it was a year after, no, 1982. Yeah, 82. It was a year after it went, like literally a year after it, it went on the air. So August of 82, we got MTV. And, uh, and so with the, so we had cable, we only had like nine stations, but in order to get MTV and TBS and, and CNN, we had to get this box that went on the top. So you'd put it on like channel like seven and you mm. click the box and then you get the other channels. Well, um, I think it was T on TBS night flight would come on at like 11 o'clock at night. I remember that's where I discovered Cabaret Voltaire. I remember watching a thing about social distortion when they were still a punk band. And it was like a, an hour long thing about just them touring, you know? Um, now there's an example of a band that completely changed the sound. There you go. The church were never that. So anyway, <laughs> um, but I saw a video for a song called it's no reason. And it's from this album called seance it's their third record um and it's it's basically about uh the aftermath of a nuclear war because it was the 80s i think the video came out in 84 1983 1984 probably 1983 um so everybody and their brother it seemed had a song about nuclear war you know so that was one of their one of three songs they had about nuclear war um uh, but uh, that's where I discovered them. And the funny part is I remembered the video. I thought the song was okay. And then maybe a couple of, a couple of years later in 1985, I had a friend of mine who brought, uh, who was transferred from a Air Force base near uh, San Antonio. And uh, the reason why I ended up in the, in the Upper Peninsula was there, there was an Air Force base up there, K.I. Sawyer. And my dad decided to retire there. Uh, and so that's where we stayed. Um, and uh, so you'd have these kids coming from all over the country. I, I was very much into hip hop um, because of that. I would, you know, friends would bring in, you know, groups from wherever they're, they're from because hip hop was so regional mm -hmm. back in the early and mid eighties. Um, you know, and especially with radio stations the best that uh, it was getting like stuff from 98, seven kiss in New York, you know, a DJ red alert and, and, you know, uh, uh, WBLS, Mr. Magic's rap attack, you know, and where you, you know, and you'd get so many hip hop songs and, you know, with, with the DJ cutting it up in the background. Well, it was kind of the same way with all, with whatever you want to college music or, you know, where I would have friends that would bring stuff from different college radio stations from around the country. And so, a friend of mine brought uh, a tape from the station KSYM in, like, I think it was out of San Antonio. I don't know if, it, I, I, it might have been a community-run station or a college station, I wasn't sure, but they, but this tape, it had, it had, um, I'm trying to think, it had a divinal song on it, a, uh, a the, the church sign I'm going to speak about in a second, um, it had the the on it. Um, 
uh, trying to think uh, uh, a couple more of the clash, <laughs> you know, all this stuff on it, you know, meat puppets, um, uh, all the, all sorts of great stuff. And, you know, living in the UP, you know, you're, you're not getting any access to that, you know, anywhere else. Um, you know, if you go to, I mean, I think we had like a, like a Sam Goody or something in Marquette, but they, they were just selling the pop stuff. You know, we had like 15 country stations, a handful of rock stations, a classic rock station and, you know, church stuff. Yeah. It, 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 you weren't going to get any sort of underground music otherwise. So, uh, but the song from the church that they had was called a month of Sundays. And, uh, and it was, it's, it's still one of my favorite songs by them. So 80s, so incredibly 80s. You know, it's everything about it from the production to to the to the style to the to the uh, to just everything about it screams mid 80s. But it's still it just it's it's just a good song. Um, you know, uh, so uh, that's what made me really like the church. And at the time, uh, the record that they had out in the States um, was Heyday, which that album, when it came out in like 85, um, it's super jangly, super fast, fast moving record, probably, probably by far the fastest record they where every song is like you know is is very the church in fact in, in fact at that time the church and rem could have toured together they were both super jangly bands you know um which i love rem too i love that period of rem from uh from you know uh uh from the first ep to you know all the way to to uh green could not stand out of time, liked Automatic, and that was about the end for me, for, for Aria. Anyway, but I digress. Um, they, uh, but their sounds were so, it, they, I mean, they weren't alike, but they definitely were cousins, you know, in, in, in their style. Um, but honestly, that record, I think, is, is a good record. Not my favorite, not, you know. But the record that A Month of Sundays is on, is one of my favorites, uh, and that came out in '84, um, and that record was called "Remote Luxury." In the uh, in the U.S., they, it was it was actually two EPs, "Persia" and "Remote Luxury," uh, when they when they released it in Australia. Uh, but the U.S., because they had uh, because the church had just signed with Arista Records, they decided to combine them, resequence them a little bit re-sequence the songs and just put it out as, as remote luxury. Um, and actually Heyday was like a really good setup for them. Uh, it sold okay, but the next record after that uh, was Starfish, the one that has Under the Milky Way, which went gold mm. uh, for them. Um, so I know I've went all over the place with that. Um, but <laughs> And again, another lengthy answer. Um, but then at that point, I. But then after that, I I tried to seek out everything I could find by the church at that point. 
Um, and then Starfish, you know, like a couple of years, a couple, three years later, Starfish came out. Um, uh, but then I was able to find, you know, like either from friends or if I traveled somewhere out of town, I was able to, to start collecting the records of tapes um, at that point. And at that point, they only had, sometimes they had five full lengths in the States that were, had been released um, in one EP, which you couldn't get here in the States um, until the 90s at some mm. point. Uh, and then even it was rare even then, and then they put out in the early 2000s the church, they remastered everything they'd done in the 80s, remastered and then put all like, you know, some of them were double CDs and the double C and then the second CD might have some videos on it that they did yeah. and, and like whatever unreleased because of the church, one great thing about this band, they are great about releasing B-sides. B-sides and, and demos and, you know, stuff. And, and, they'll, and every once in a while, they'll compile them. And in fact, I had gotten, uh, just before Starfish came out, one of the things they put together was this record, this double record called Quick Smoke at Spots. And it was pretty much every B-side they'd ever done, all on, all on a double, double record. Um, and I and I know bands will do that occasionally, but the church are so good about doing that. Like after almost every record they do, they'll release a record, and then three four months later, we'll release like pretty much a whole other record of B sides because they tend to record almost for every for every full length they record, they almost for every full length they put out, they re almost record two records. You know. Just they, they just end up, you know, throwing a lot of stuff away or or just never going back to it or, you know, um, which is funny. He's going back to tyranny again. I remember the last the last record we were working on, which we never got a chance to record. We specifically wanted to do much more than we needed so that we could pick and choose. Oh, yeah. And kind of and, and take those songs we really liked and really hone them down even more we we got to the we we got to the you know writing the songs part but we never got to the honing <laughs> stuff because that band broke up like a sucker well did, so i assume that uh back when you were listening to the church you you were uh at least starting to play music yes and did uh did they have an influence on the, the the way that you were playing or the way that you were writing? It's funny. I, I my, my wife Karen would ask me. She'd be like, "Man, it'd be so cool if you could like do like a church tribute band or something like that." And of course, it's my favorite band, and I love them. But as a drummer it would be really boring. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I mean, as a drummer, you've seen me play. I, I love polyrhythms. I love bathy stuff. I, I don't like to, to get bored when I'm playing. If I do, I, I tend to, and I know this is a criticism of myself. If I'm playing like stuff like that, I have to really discipline myself 
not to throw in fills or flares or, you know, because I get bored. Um, but the influence that they did have was when I learned that they jammed all their stuff out. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it the whole time like they were, they were a band. In fact, at the beginning, Steve Kilby wrote all the songs, would just put it together on a four track and then bring it to everybody. Like even would, would write the solos, which is crazy to me because Marty Wilson Piper and Peter Coppins are such great guitars that it's like, why did you feel the need to do that, man? <laughs> but but they would but he would he would he would completely flesh a song out now granted it may not sound the same at the end but but he would write everything um and then it wasn't until a little later you know where after really after starfish where they started jamming stuff out in fact starfish was that whole record was mostly just jams and that's kind of where they but i always thought that approach was was great it doesn't always work for everybody, because um, I like to jam. I, I I like to just get people together and just play and see where it goes, um, you know, record it. And, you know, maybe maybe there's no chemistry and it doesn't go anywhere. But maybe, you know, you, you go on for 20 minutes and you're all just eyes closed and, you know, and, and you're just so into what you're playing that that's how a band starts, you know. Um, so, so I always appreciated that. So I think the one influence, um, the one influence from them anyway, that for me as a musician, um, is probably more of their approach to writing songs with other people, you know, like collaboratively. Um, uh, you know, I always find it tough. Like I've written songs myself, but you know, I, like everybody, I'm sure like a lot of people, I'm my own worst critic. So I, I never, but I never feel like it's as much of an accomplishment than when you get together with two, three, four people and you create something together, you know, where you look at each other when you're done and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing better than that. I've, I mean, I've certainly come up with stuff where I, because I, I play guitar very little. Like I can, I can play enough to come up with melodies and I, can, and I can think it in my head. But even if I have something that's really cool and I have somebody even to help me kind of, you know, it doesn't feel the same. It's just like, it's almost like, huh. So that's what that sounds like. That's not what I thought that was going to be. <laughs> you know, more than anything, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's just more the feeling of being with other people and, um, but uh, I that part about them I've always appreciated and brought into brought into to when I play. But like I said, it doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody likes to do that. But but when people do, I very much appreciate that. You know, so there's I'm sure there's stuff from the church that I think of all the time. But I just hear it so much that I that I probably thought I came up with it on my own, but I didn't. <laughs> you know. Is probably something from a something from you know Gold Afternoon Fix from you know 1990. I've grown up with this band, and you know I've watched them change like I have, and how I've grown and they've grown, you know, in in the same, and how it's something that I could, you know, I knew of these, I knew of this band when I was. 10 
you know, and 11. And, and now I can, I share this with my daughter now, who's 13, you know, um, she wears t their t-shirts and, and, uh, and, you know, she likes to listen to them, which luckily now she's getting a little older. She's getting into more twee pop now, which I can handle a little bit better. I introduced her to the band Heavenly, which she liked, which was like, this is very much like what you listen to now, except it was 40 years ago or, or, or 35 years ago, you know, um, introduced her to unrest, you know, I, I, you know, the bands, I mean, so we're, so it's cool to be able to, to do that as well. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. The Operative is produced in conjunction with Radio Nope. For more information and a complete show listing, visit radionope.com. And to find all of our past episodes, visit theoperative.com. Dot bandcamp.com Thank you.